This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the Rose and Shine podcast. Featuring the Swedish sisters Josephine Roos and Victoria Roos-Solson. Based in Stockholm and New York, we share experiences from our international lives and careers. Good morning, this is Josephine from New York. And good afternoon, this is Victoria sending from Stockholm. This episode will be about negotiations how to make the most out of it and actually enjoy it. Because many of us actually dread it a little bit, not perhaps thinking about that we do negotiate on a regular, perhaps even daily basis. And I guess after all, Josephine, we've even done some negotiation on when to record this very episode, haven't we? And I think you won. (laughs) Well, that's very interesting because I think... mm, not entirely sure, but let's, all right. But it's not about winning, right? It's uh, finding that uh, win-win, ideally. We're going to share some experience that we have in terms of, of negotiations and try to give some practical examples. And then I'm sure our listeners will, will have all of their different examples of, of when they are ne- negotiating. Uh, but one aspect we want to give is, is the professional aspect where most of us face these formal negotiations throughout our personal and professional lives. So this could include um, discussing the terms of a job offer with a recruiter or price of a new car, or a contract with a supplier, but also in la- in terms of my work, um, more in relation to peace processes and big political processes. Can't wait to hear all about that. And then we're also going to bring it down to the more everyday things in life, less formal actually, less obvious negotiations that we actually somehow do. So it can even be, you know, negotiating with your toddler as you have one or me negotiating with my teenagers. So that was kind of constantly happening. And actually a book that you've read and I haven't yet, but the quote is, like it or not, you are a negotiator. Everyone negotiates something every day getting to yes, negotiating agreement without giving in. So that's a book that you would recommend, right? Yeah, it's the kind of uh, 101 book for negotiation. So we we did it at our master's program. We read that book and and did loads of the case studies in the book and learned how to negotiate based on it. So yeah, I'll share a couple of tips from it. 
But you're coming straight out of negotiation from work, right? At the UN yesterday. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, not really me coming out of the negotiations, but more... Oh, come on. <laughs> more attending a, a meeting where one of the negotiators of the Colombia peace deal mm -hmm. participated and shared some of the key lessons in order for the Colombia peace deal to take place and interesting for those of you um, yeah and for those of you who don't know of course Colombia has had more than 50 years of uh, war between government and guerrillas and relatively recently FARC the largest guerrilla group and the government signed a peace deal mm. yeah and uh, so this was a huge deal and as many of you might also know There was a referendum where I would say, unfortunately, that the people actually voted against the peace deal. Mm -hmm. But that being said, they still managed to, through a, a few modifications and changes, they still managed to uh, get it passed, so to say. So the peace deal is still valid, despite the, that they lost the popular vote. Okay, so what were these key lessons then for... Yeah, so, so the negotiator really provided a long list and I, we'll, we'll talk through a, a few of them and then really we can see if some of these I think are quite applicable across <laughs> across yeah. negotiations. So, so Even not... when you negotiate with like your two-year-old or... Um, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> maybe, I mean, the, the first point is political will. I'm not sure. <laughs> well... <laughs> Define that. What about what? What does that mean? Political will. Well, when when you do that in a in a big negotiation, that is really that you have the commitment of the political parties, ah. or or in this case, he was giving the government. You know, you might have a negotiation where someone is being sent, mm -hmm. but the other parties or or party, if it's one you're negotiating with, they might not be sure that you actually represent the government or the president. Ah. You know, you might not really be fully supported in what you do. How interesting. Whereas in Colombia, he was giving the example that, you know, the negotiators uh, representing the government, they really represented the precedent and that's a way of really building trust especially if the other parties know this because then they know that it's serious ah, so if mom calls me and says you know this dinner when everyone is at home uh saying that josephine said that it would be really great if everyone could sort of go to the house on saturday you know i might consider is that really mom's agenda <laughs> or is it josephine that really put this forward that's kind of a political will as well right yeah yeah no no it's true yeah. Yeah. especially if you think that i'm actually not going to show up and it's like a you yeah. know but yeah <laughs> um <laughs> Another um, or the second point, and this I think holds valid across many of our negotiations, and that is to have a thorough preparation mm -hmm. before you start the negotiation. Ah. In the case of, of Colombia, that meant, you know, the government really knowing what they wanted mm -hmm. and really also knowing not only what they wanted, but also knowing what the FARC or what they wanted so that they could present something when they sat down and met at the first time um. that already would be somewhat acceptable to the other party. That's so interesting. And this I would go, I mean, having worked with uh, and done trainings and workshops on this and sales and how to help your clients succeed, etc. This is key to really try to 
know what is it that I want and what is it that the other party really wants and do your research on that. Absolutely. And that's also where, you know, the example of kind of not having everything so official, having secret talks can be very mm -hmm. useful. Yeah. Like behind closed doors, building trust. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really important in order to get to that stage where you have the information that you that you need in order to present. Yeah, but it's like having a meeting before the meeting just to see, do I understand what are the key points, what's really important so you can go and deliver? Because I guess at the end of the day, what you want is a successful agreement for both of you. Yeah. So the more you can prepare, mm -hmm. the better, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Another point was about the narrative. So making sure that, and this this really holds, I guess, for bigger, <laughs> bigger picture political deals. Mm -hmm. But the narrative around and around the negotiation, in the case of Colombia, rather than you know, we are making peace forever and ever. The narrative is more around we are stopping the armed conflict ah. and we don't want to get back to the armed conflict. So is it kind of like finding out what's the biggest pain or what, what's the key message? Is that what you mean that you want to find and communicate about? Or I think it's about finding a narrative that you think would be acceptable to other parties. Ah. So in this case, it was probably, and yeah, I have to say I'm not an expert on this, right? So I'm sharing the, the, the thoughts of, of, <laughs> yeah. of this negotiator. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it would be looking at uh, the population of Colombia might not be ready for saying we want to have peace with FARC. Ah. But the population of Colombia might be ready to say we want to stop the armed conflict. Ah, that's, so that's interesting. And I guess that's also, you know, whenever there are referendums and popular votes, etc., that how you name it, like I'm thinking of the Brexit. and exactly. is it That you're saying no or yes. And what's the narrative to be smart about mm. that when you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that's number um, three. The other part, and this is also, I mean, yes, this holds across. So that is having the relationship with other parties, like not just the ones that you are negotiating with, but the surrounding partners. Mm -hmm. For example, in Colombia, it could be with neighboring countries. Yeah. But in, in a negotiation with a company, I guess it might be, you know, having a good relationship with other companies. Or, yeah, we even say like, you know, to talk about what are the informal decision makers, I guess. You know, who are all the people that are somehow influencers, big or small, in this what you want to do, right? Exactly that. Um, the next point is around the, the method. Mm -hmm. So how do you actually do it? Mm. Do you have a direct negotiation or do you use a mediator, for example? Yeah. In the Colombia case, they didn't have a mediator. And we can speak about later. In other cases, it could be really, really useful to have a mediator. Mm -hmm. But that is not maybe a recommendation. It's more you have to think through the method that you're going to use. And you, I mean, talking about mediator, you're a certified mediator, which is so interesting, but we should come back to that maybe in a moment. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, the other, which I think also relates to the idea of, you know, bringing in your neighbors in the case of Colombia, it was also about bringing in the victims of the conflict. Mm -hmm. And that was really important to try to look at, you know, how do we bring justice? Yeah. And also to make the negotiators from the two different teams because obviously the government have been you know committing crimes as well it's always two parties to a conflict right yeah so it really bringing it back to what is this really about so they actually had 
they had victims that were flown to Havana where these talks were being held to share their stories and to participate and say what they wanted out of the peace deal. So that really brought it back to the crust of the issue. Mm-hmm. So to listen to the real people that are really concerned. Exactly. And that also relates to the next point, which is participation. That is where you, you know, open, maybe you begin with a secret conversation, but then you need to broaden it and open it up so that it becomes more public. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, how are you going to get people on board and Ah. vote yes, which they didn't in Colombia, actually. So they didn't really succeed with that part then? Uh, Maybe they succeeded in having a lot of people participating, but then in the end, they didn't really succeed necessarily. And again, I'm not an expert on that, but in actually getting the message out so that people really bought into it. Mm, Very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another point, I think this is maybe more peace deal related, but it's that you need to provide guarantees to some extent. You can't give blanket amnesty or amnesty to everyone, but you do also need to provide certain guarantees. But why would otherwise the other party enter a negotiation with you. So even if you don't succeed, you have some guarantees just for being part of it all. Exactly. Hmm. And then I think the final point that I'll share, there were certainly more more lessons, but the final point is really around the implementation. Uh-huh. So you do have to start to think through how are you practically going to implement this? Yeah. How are you going to make this happen? How are you, in case of Colombia, how are you making sure that the people in the communities start to see a difference from this peace deal and start to see it relatively fast? And probably key for it to stay if it's so important that you succeed and that it stays the way that you've negotiated. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, all different uh, participants need to, um, to get some benefit out of this. I guess we could do an entire episode on this with all the ins and outs and Columbia and <laughs> everything. But I, I'm thinking, so that's just wonderful. And I mean, that's yeah. so cool with you working at the UN. I would say it's kind of the mothership of all negotiations, you know, coming from there. And there must be so many skillful people doing all of that. Mm. But let's see if we can bring it back to most people's life. I mean, when in life do we actually negotiate? I mean, I made a quick brainstorm and I came up with so many different things when we negotiate. What comes to your mind quickly? Well, so the first one is negotiating with your child, yeah, with your kid. <laughs> That's very current. Like, don't throw the car toy into your friend's head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or which pants to wear if you only want to wear the brown pants even in the middle of summer (laughs) like your son yeah he only wants to wear the brown now it's actually shifting to the gray pants oh good it's big drama Uh, yeah no so that's constant and i guess with kids you can always try to like divert their attention i don't know he often then remembers it (laughs) he gets it goes back to it so that's negotiating at home and maybe related to when you have a, a toddler Or young kids, it's also negotiating with your partner in regards to your time. Yeah, definitely. That's very much like the daily kind of, or maybe not daily, but weekly, (laughs) at least, negotiations. So, and I negotiate with, uh, I have two teenage girls, so that's also quite some negotiation. What do you negotiate with them about? Oh, so many different things, like how to spend the weekend or 
what things to do, what to wear, hair, styles and all different things. Mm-hmm. There was a really good advice that I got and I, I noticed that you've taken it on from there. And that was from an old student counselor from my previous school, actually. And he said, Victoria, when it comes to, to children and negotiation, always, you know, before you automatically just say on sort of autopilot, no, like I want an ice cream, no, or I want to have those pants, no, you know, really think about for yourself, why am I saying no now because only say no you know if you if you think about that for a moment and think well maybe today is a really nice day for an ice cream and we haven't had one for a while or maybe no we've had so much ice creams in the past couple of weeks and there's been so much sugar that there's it's not really good at all to have any more ice cream right now so have that little quick conversation in your head with yourself before you say that no because when you go for no that should be it you know that's your no kind of and you need to be convinced yourself why that is yeah and I thought that was a really cool advice that I've tried to remember and and think of right yeah and it removes you from the no 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 yes yeah yeah exactly because <laughs> you know which is just not nice for anyone involved no and the next time the no 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 will go on for longer before you know because there's someone who knows that eventually this could be turned into a yes right yeah no exactly no but i i have a funny story this is for a couple of years ago actually and when mom, one of my daughters came home and she was like Mom, I I want to do it. And all the girls, and it's so popular to have this. And I heard that she said deep dive. I'm like, what? She's like, Mom, it's a dip dive, right? So it's kind of, it was in fashion some years ago, you know, that the ends of your hair would have another color mm. than the rest of your hair. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a shift in color. And I, I heard this. And my head, you know, immediately went to like, no. And I saw like this in my head, this picture of light blue or pink or something. And I'm like, that's never going to happen in my home. You know, and that was my like first reaction. And then I started to think, well, you know, mom did let us have all these weird (laughs) hairstyles. And I had my hair. crazy red. uh... Yeah. But I guess you were old enough. Yeah, then, and it wasn't like, that crazy red, but I no. was quite crazy. <laughs> no. You remember the Christmas pictures <laughs> yeah. that we have? That was really bad. Short, yeah. red, curly hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the curls were natural by then. But all right, mom did let us have all those weird hairstyles and, you know, have this perm in my teens and everything. Maybe I shouldn't be too strict about that. But perhaps we can find a little bit of a negotiation possibility here. Mm -hmm. So I had felt that, you know, they were not that great in taking care of making sure the hair was neat every day and brushed and everything. So we made this agreement that if for one month, like 30 days, which it takes to form a habit, that her hair would be perfectly brushed. And she has this beautiful thick thick hair she inherited it from me yes yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) so if you can brush it perfectly with one stroke and you don't get stuck that was kind of the test for these at any time for these 30 days Mm. then she would be able to go and do this uh, hairstyle right yeah so and and then she did which was great because after that her hair has just been always in perfect shape and really nicely well kept And she did get this deep 
dive, whatever it was called, and not in any crazy color, but like a beautiful shade of brown. It was very nice. And actually, it was much nicer than I would have thought. And that was kind of a negotiation, yeah. you know, trying to see like, all right, so what is the win for me? What's the win for her? And how can we combine that into something really good? Yeah, so that's a really key for negotiations, right? It's not about like me you know it's not about no it, it yeah. really it's about win-win yeah type it's actually funny it reminds me in Myanmar when you said win-win it didn't really stick with people like it, I don't know if it was culturally mm-hmm. so they even had to add like we have to win-win together <laughs> <laughs> so they always said win-win together um I thought it was quite yeah funny. but the word even in Sweden we I mean we talk within Franklin Covey that's uh, within the seven habits that's one of the habits yeah and and people tend to you know they really think about competition when and the whole idea is not so much competition but rather Everyone can be winners, but there's lots of negative associations, I'd say, about that. Yeah. And then we have uh, work. Yeah. We all, mm-hmm. we all have professional settings where we need to negotiate about something. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, the most obvious is the negotiating a new job um, where you probably start with a, a salary negotiation. Yeah, definitely. But what I remember from the from the getting to yes book here was... Really, it's a little bit similar to the points from Colombia, but it's really, you know, doing the thorough preparation. Mm -hmm. If your key now is to negotiate a high salary, really do a a thorough preparation of what you deserve and what other people in the market are, are getting for similar positions. And then I would say very unSwedish. I was quite like, really, should I do this? Add five to ten percent. Yeah, on top of that, because mm-hmm. you want to have room to negotiate. Definitely, those five to ten, you don't have to justify. Like that's at least according to the book and the professor and what I remember. Mm-hmm. You know, that is just your the market rate, and then five to ten. Yeah, and then you can go down from there. Yeah, but then of course we talked about it's also about looking through what you really want. So maybe yeah, yeah maybe they can't give you a high salary, but they can give you more holidays, or yeah, they can give you an insurance or or something else where there's flexibility so I guess that yeah that's my best advice I'd say it after lots of salary negotiations and think about what it is that's really important for you yeah you know what is it ultimately that you're looking for is it that salary or is it maybe more time or more holidays or working from home what is it that in the end counts for you Mm. and I remember one, and that was quite an important negotiation for me while we were working and it was a very hectic period as an expat. And really, I just felt that the four weeks vacation span was not enough because in in Dubai, it was so hot during the summers and I really wanted the girls to be able to be back home in Sweden more. Yeah, And I went, you know, to the big boss and, and really negotiated and got a lot more vacation, right? But for me, then it was like really so important that I was also considering like if I don't get more vacation, maybe this isn't the place for us to be. So I really went in and to the big boss and said, well, you know, I really love to work here and I think I I do a great contribution and I, I add things. But the fact is that this isn't sustainable for me. But if we could find a solution that would make me, you know, solve this, which was if I could take more vacation. But then, of course, I offered, you know, I can be reachable on email, etc. Mm-hmm. 
but if I could go for a longer period back home every summer, that would mean everything for me. So their win in this case was your commitment. Yeah. They were, you know, you were going to stay. Yeah. So if I were to leave, they would have to go through the entire recruitment process of finding someone else and all that work. And I built up something and it was, I could see that for them, the hassle of starting all over and and getting, you know, was much bigger than thinking, okay, maybe it's just worth that she gets some extra weeks of vacation every year. Yeah. So that worked out really well. And I think that's it. You know, do think about what's important for them, for the other person, the other party, exactly what, what your expert said about Colombia. Yeah. Really consider what are their wins, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think that's super important. Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And also consider for yourself, what are my wins and why is it important? I mean, I remember a negotiation that I did not succeed at and I was so frustrated about my title and early on in my career and I really wanted it to be very fancy. Uh-huh. And my manager didn't really agree, you know? Yeah. And the fact is that, that she was kind of right. I was a little bit too junior for that title and mm. later on I got it and then I really deserved it but my really only reason for wanting to have that title was because I was so excited about the title you know yeah because otherwise I would think that the title negotiation could be a good way if if your goal you know if you're relatively junior for example and your goal is that when you leave company being able to get a new job and in a better position Mm -hmm. maybe negotiating your title is something that doesn't cost the company anything um but could give you a win for your next job, for example. I think that's so much about organizational culture yeah, and exactly. how some are, and, and some are so stuck. And I, honestly, I, I hope this is going to change our fascination, first of all, with titles mm, and true. also that not to be so hard on them, you know, share them exactly what you say, be a little bit more abundant with titles. I, I Yeah, I think that's important. And then uh, just another quick thought on, in terms of negotiations that work and finding flexibility. I think the whole 
idea of the, at least at the UN now, mm-hmm. the whole idea of the Me Too movement and a very clear gender parity strategy yeah. and having a female boss who's very attuned to this and wanting to, you know, make, make it really good. And I think there's room and I think other people could potentially bring that in to have also conversations on, you know, what are the needs? And that's not only for women, yeah. but what are the needs for people in order to have a good work-life balance or work-life blend? Mm. Um, there is then room to negotiate in terms of... Um, working from home a number of days per week or other types of um I know that there's you can like work more hours per day and then have every second Friday off or or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good now for for people given the times that we are in to reflect on those and actually see that there are opportunities now to maybe have those conversations in some companies, uh, some cultures to open up more flexibility and yeah. maybe getting a little bit more what you want. So to be more flexible and something that I, I put as my sort of key advice is on negotiation and when it works really well is also to be creative. You know, you, you don't be too set on this is what I want, but consider what is your long-term goal and then think about creative ways of, of getting there. And also You can be creative and you can think about, I I think you should always come to negotiation with your boss or with your partner or with your client with a solution, a possible solution, because otherwise you're kind of really being reactive and just coming maybe with a complaint or problem, Mm. but also invite the other person to be creative with you. So like, okay, I was thinking about this, right? And, and this is great, but Let's explore it together and see, can we come up with something, you know, that would work so that the other person also feels committed to whatever solution you come up with, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so hearing about the the creative solutions, that makes me think about what we promised we would talk about in the beginning, which is the, my mediator role and my mediator training. Oh, yes. I really want to hear about that. Tell us. Yes, yeah, so I did a fantastic training. I think it was in, in 2011. I became a certified mediator at the New York Peace Institute. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting. And I think everyone should do these because these type of trainings, well, if you're interested. But it's... Um, Who ran the training even? It's an organization called New York Peace Institute, mm-hmm. and they are working. Most people are volunteers that work for them, uh-huh. but they are connected to the legal system. So there is a way for people that are like minors, for example, the judge could say you will have to go to this mediation center mm-hmm. as a way of, of trying to keep people out of the justice system yeah. and find a mediated solution, which is just fantastic. Yes. What a brilliant initiative. Yeah. But I worked more on, I mean, I was quite early on in, in my training and it was everything. Like we negotiated or mediated cases between like neighbor tenants, mm-hmm. part like business partners or like people that kind of had, you know, bought something from someone on Craigslist and the payment wasn't really happening or you, those kind of problems that people have. Uh-huh. And also some really complicated family situations mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But What I found there is that actually bringing people to a facilitated mediation session Mm -hmm. really opened up because these people, it maybe looked like small problems, but they had taken over these people's lives. Like they were now, when they were there, they were huge problems. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. And providing that safe kind of mediated space allowed people to often for the first time hear what the other person had to say. 
mm-hmm. because they always just told their story. And when you mediate like this, you often repeat the story that one person has said so that the other doesn't hear it from that person, but hear it's from me or you, the mediator. Mm-hmm. And then because of the techniques that you use, people actually really feel listened to if you do it well. And and in a sense, you do do that. You do listen to them. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they really are listened to. And from there, you often open up a space where you can find more creative solutions. So it could be small things. You have a neighbor or two neighbors and, and they really dislike each other because they have a huge problem over noise issues. One works night and one, you know, works day and... And they have real big issues around this. And and the creative solutions might be, you know, noise-canceling headphones yeah. combined with having felt listened to and understand that the other person works nights. Yeah. You know, so th- there might not be, like, a huge change someone needs to make, but there might be smaller creative solutions. Or with business transactions, it might be, you know, paying the, the money back But often it's that someone has felt like a victim and needs to, more than anything, get an apology. So that that's so good. And it kind of, I would say, sum it up. If you don't want your negotiations to have to end up in a conflict or uh, with a third party, I think we would, just as human beings, save so much time in whatever negotiation you're in to really take the time to listen yeah to listen to each other because people are somehow so worried that they're going to forget what they're but they know what they think already you know that right you know that this is the salary i want etc but before you go all in for that take the time to really listen to the other party yeah And then you, you're ready. And I, I guess that would work, you know, even for the toddler, the teenager, your uh, vacation uh, debate at home where you're going to go, right? Yeah. All those different things. Yeah, finding out what the needs are from the other of the other person and listen. Absolutely. Yeah. And know what you want as well. Yeah, exactly. Find out for yourself. So, And, and once you have defined that, so if that's what your starting point, really look at your long-term goal. Then you can relax and listen. Exactly. And be creative. So we have all of this put down with some reflections where you can think about if there are some more negotiations that you need to do or maybe use as sort of a little mini um, non-scientific but from our best advice perspective checklist that you can use. Yeah. Which will be on the pep sheets on the website as always. And uh, yeah. That's really it from us for this time. Yeah. Have a lovely week, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.